We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, we are in the beginning of the flea and tick season, so... Um, I just wanted to do kind of like a reminder uh, podcast um, on flea and tick. We already have one um, earlier that we did um, that will be more detailed than this one, but this one is just kind of like a quick overview um, and just a reminder of why I don't use, uh, you know, your conventional uh, flea and tick um, insecticide based treatments and, um, why I use and what I use as far as, um, natural deterrence. So, you know, what I, a lot of people are, a lot of people may not know what conventional flea and tick, um, preventatives are, or what, what I mean by that. And what I'm talking about are ones that are, that are insecticide based flea and tick prevention. So things like Nexgard and Simperica, Brevecto, things like things like this. They're using um, essentially, like I said, they're using insecticides, usually in the family of the uh, isosazolines, which is a family of neurotoxins. Um, they're using that as the the base of their product. So the way these the way these drugs work um, is you administer them to your dog, um, and then when you do that, your dog will then have this neurotoxin floating and coursing through their veins. For the next 30 days, uh, some of these uh, drugs actually last much longer, um, up to three months. Um, so what 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 you're essentially doing is you're, um, I guess there's no there's no light way to put this. You you know you kind of you're in in a way you're poisoning your dog, um, so that when the parasite the flea or the tick bites your dog, they also get poisoned, and paralyze and die. Because of this, we see a lot of you see a lot of adverse side effects with dogs um, because these neurotoxins do break the blood-brain barrier um, and cause lots of issues, um, especially neurological issues with their, with our dogs. Most dogs on these drugs, you know, I've grown up, our dogs were on these these um, conventional preventatives. They're not really preventatives, um, which I'll explain later, but these conventional drugs, um, they, growing up, our dogs were on them all year. Cause that's what our veterinary said. So dead a winner, they're still taking these drugs. If you're a vet recommending these year round, that's great for you. Cause you're making, you know, a lot of money off of them. So, you know, again, these, these neurotoxins destroy the insects nervous system. So they, what they're essentially doing is they're paralyzing the insect or the, the flea or the tick. So we know this will obviously affect the dog. Um, we're, you know, the, the adverse drug experiences from these drugs are vomiting, ataxia, seizures, tremors, diarrhea, lethargy, uh, loose stools, itching, uh, decreased appetite, liver failure, death. I've actually had, sorry, I have Juniper here again at the shop or at the uh, studio, being a menace. Um, but for me, it's it's this is kind of a something I'm I'm passionate about because I've seen. I've seen a lot of customers um, show me videos of their dogs um, suffering from either just 
convulsing seizures, uh, tremors after administering these drugs. So I've seen it, um, I guess not firsthand, but secondhand through their, through the customer's videos of their own dogs. Um, and it's, it, it's so hard to watch cause there's nothing you can do. And there's, you know, you, for the next 30 days, you're going to be at least the next 30 days, you're going to be very concerned about your dog and, and what is going to happen to them. Cause there's really no reversing, um, once you just administer the drugs. So there's really no long-term studies done on these drugs as well. I talked about this in a previous podcast, but I, I just don't think they want to know, you know, long-term studies that what you know, long-term effects this is having on our pets. So, but you know, if your pet develops end stage liver failure, when the day before administering the drugs, they're perfectly fine. You know, that's, it's a, it's a very real problem. And there's lots of cases of that as well. Girls Gun Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all-natural, carnivore-focused treats and chews that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH-balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality, USDA-inspected, free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. The dangers involved with using them. Something that's kind of interesting to note is that the EPA is actually the regulatory body that monitors these drugs because they do fall under their jurisdiction because they, they're insecticides. They actually held a meeting titled the Evaluation of Pet Spot on Flea and Tick Products and Next Steps back in 2010 because of the increased rates of adverse side effects on these products. I think in 2008, they had over 44,000 reported, 44,000 reports of serious adverse side effects in a single year, over 600 deaths. Um, again, these were mostly smaller dogs from 10 to 20 pounds. So if you have a smaller dog, something to be cautious of. Most reports were skin, digestive, or neurological issues. And there were reports of cats having some severe adverse side effects um, for just being exposed or being around a dog with the product on them. So the cats actually weren't administered the drug, but the, the dog in the house that they live with was. And just being around them caused some adverse side effects. So then you have to think about your kids, um, which is a big one for me. This is, you know, we have we have three kids now. And there's actually an interesting article that we will I have the link to that we'll put on this podcast. But it talks about um, some cases of what they're, what they're finding is in homes where these dogs are on these insecticide and, and pesticide-based treatments, they're finding an alarming um, a way higher than they had anticipated amounts of of these neurologic or these uh, neurotoxins um, on clothing and, and the dog beds and, and parts of the house. And, you know, for young developing systems, um, such as our kids, you know, this, this can wreak havoc and this can be uh, pretty dangerous stuff. So this is why, and again, you know, everyone obviously can make your own decision about whether you want to give these conventional drugs or not, but this is why I don't. And this, this last one, with, especially with the kids, is, is a really big reason why I don't use it on any. Uh, we have three dogs, and we, I don't use it on any of them. The FDA actually put out a warning in August of, actually not last year, but the year before, warning pet parents that the isosazoline products, uh, so these, neuro, these neurotoxins or these um, 
conventional flea and tick medications have been associated with neurological adverse uh, reactions, including muscle tremors, ataxia, seizures, um, in some cats and dogs. So, um, again, this is this is the real deal. You know, um, they have you know the FDA is aware. There's been um, lots of warnings, not just that one, but m- multiple warnings about these particular drugs. So. Anyways, not try, trying to be doom and gloom, but something to be cognizant of when uh, thinking about using this, uh, using these drugs. I don't want to go into it too much. In my last podcast, we talked about this, but there are there are also environmental issues that uh, that these drugs have caused, and I'll put the link in the podcast. But the the Guardian actually reported in 2020 that these highly toxic insecticides, the highly toxic insecticides used on cats and dogs to kill fleas, are poisoning the rivers across England. Um, and the the discovery was extreme quotation marks extremely concerning for water insects and the fish and birds that depend on them. The scientists said who expect significant environmental damage is being done. Do, 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 do. The research found that these preventative chemicals in ninety nine percent of samples from twenty rivers and the average level of one particularly toxic breakdown product of the pesticide was thirty eight times above the safety limit. So. The researchers in this study said that the blanket use of flea and tick treatments should be discouraged and that a new regulation is needed. And I think I um, don't quote me on this, but I believe that they have banned a lot of these um, conventional flea and tick meds in in the UK uh, since then. Something that was interesting that they pointed out in the article, though, is that one flea treatment of a medium sized dog contains enough pesticide to kill 60 million bees. In my opinion, pretty dangerous stuff. Imagine that just being on your dog, but year round with your kids or family and other pets around. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www. Dot lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the fangs and fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? They're whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics and it's real simple. When they come into fangs and fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. You know, what What can we do? What are, what are some alternatives? For me, you know, the biggest thing is optimizing their health. You know, keeping their immune system as, as healthy and as robust as possible. Um, you know, always the foundation of, of, of health is is the gut. And so we always, I'm, I'm always, you know, giving my dogs fermented foods and, and rotating through different probiotics. Parasites like fleas and ticks, they don't prefer healthy immune systems. And also, you know, a good reason to kind of keep your dogs um, immune system robust and healthy and, and um, diverse is that you know dogs only five to ten percent of infected animals are expected to show clinical signs of Lyme disease. So 
you know, when we're talking about ticks and one of the big concerns is Lyme disease, um, it's very few dogs actually have any kind of symptoms when it comes. I know Lyme disease for us is a very serious issue. Um, and for some dogs it can be, but for a very low percentage. Um, so keeping them, keeping their immune system healthy is obviously for a multitude of reasons, the best thing we can do. Avoidance is probably the second thing. Avoidance is the biggest thing for me, you know, during, you know, I know heavy times, especially with, with ticks, I don't, I, I stick to open fields. Um, if I'm trail running, I am, I'm staying in the middle of the trail. I'm using wide trails. You know, I'm not sledging through, you know, fields of grass and, you know, high fields, I guess, or, or grass of, or fields of high grass and, and, you know, heavily forested areas, um, unless there's pretty wide trails. So I'm just, I'm trying to stay away. Usually ticks like to stay like on the end of long blades of grass, for example, to jump on anything that walks by. So avoidance is big for me. You know, summertime, I'm sticking to large open areas and, you know, not taking my dog certain places that I know there'll be ticks. Local honey is a great one. You know, it's honey has a, a multitude of, of benefits, but, you know, half a teaspoon per 15 pounds um, per day and food can be a great immune system booster for your dog. Garlic, um, you know, <laughs> I had this conversation in the shop all the time, but garlic is not toxic to your dog. You know, the onion family can be toxic in large doses, of course, but you know, the, there is this, it's actually, so garlic's a great, it's antibacterial, it's antiviral, um, antiparasitic. One fourth a teaspoon of fresh garlic, of fresh pressed garlic per 15 pounds of dog uh, per day is, is what's suggested. A lot of times people get scared about feeding garlic because of a study that was done in Japan where they were feeding a astronomical amount of garlic to a dog. And at the end of the trial, just to, so everyone's no dog died. And they were giving these dogs, they're 70 pound golden retrievers. They're giving them 245 cloves of garlic in one week. So two point, almost two and a half pounds of raw garlic. No one is suggesting to give your dog that much garlic, just, you know, a little bit. Um, as a matter of fact, they put in a lot of food. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people still think that um, it's toxic to dogs and they don't even know that they're actually giving it in their food. So, but it is a great preventative um, for fleas and ticks. It's also, like I said, good for, for other reasons as well. I use the, uh, earth animal flea and tick powder. Um, I had kind of bounce. They have two, they have a, a yeast one and a yeast free one. I kind of bounce back between both. I've had um, a little more success with the yeast one, but, um, they're both what I, I think are very effective. They are, it's neem, nettles, hawth, hawthorn, garlic, algae, uh, different, different herbs that they use um, that they, it kind of does two things, right? So it's, it's meant to kind of boost your, your pet's immune system. So keeping that strong, healthy immune system. But then what's really cool is after a couple of weeks of using it, it, um, your dog will start admitting an odor that fleas and ticks don't like. So this is actually a true preventative because it keeps the fleas and ticks away. So it's, it's really neat. And I've had really good success with, with this product. So um, we've already started using it again. This is, what is it? March uh, 8th. And we've already started, you know, with all our dogs using this, using this powder. So if we are going outside, like to the park, or just kind of having a day where we'd be out and about doing a bunch of stuff and this time of year, pretty much spring through fall, I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using some kind of probably Wonderside. Earth Animal also has a, a pretty good uh, spray as well. Um, these sprays are essentially what they are. It's just the peppermint, usually peppermint oil, uh, cedar wood oil. Maybe they use almond oil as a carrier, but usually it's just like the cedar wood oil is a great preventative, great natural preventative for dogs. Um, and you keep, keep the, the pest away. So, and they're also non-offensive to your dog. So 
what else? So we use the, oh, and then Earth Animal also has like a spot on treatment. It's obviously a non-toxic. Again, it's just it's just cedar wood oil. I think almond oil is the carrier that you can actually put like in their coats, almost like the conventional ones, except they don't have the neurotoxins in there, which can be really effective, especially if you live in a high tick area. What's really cool, one of my favorite products that we're using right now is the uh, the Benisafe Solutions. It's actually a local product here in Columbus that's produced here in Columbus. Um, we did a podcast with with her. Phenomenal product. I've already started using it in my yard. It leaves your, well, one, it leaves your yard smelling great, like cedar wood oil, but it repels fleas, ticks. It does a great job repelling mosquitoes, which is predominantly why I like to use it. Um, and I spray it on everything. I spray it on the on the deck. I spray it on the the trees around the deck and the grass around the deck. Like anywhere we're going to most likely be is where I'm, I'm putting that. We also have chickens this year, so hopefully that'll help with the bug situation. Kind of let them do their thing in the backyard and hopefully eat all the bugs back there. But, but yeah, the yard spray is awesome, especially if you have guests over. It's a great product to have on hand. Wonderside also has a, a product if you if you can't get the Benisafe for some reason. Um, Wonderside might be more available to, um, but we really like the Benisafe one. This time of year, you know, I'm checking my dogs pretty frequently. That's probably the best preventative you can do. Um, get yourself a flea comb. It's just a finely toothed comb that you can just go through your dog. You know, it's good for them for a lot of reasons, but also help um, determine if they have any flea or what they call flea dirt on them. Um, and I'm always checking for ticks as well. So especially after we, we come in from a, a run or we go to the park and such. So, but yeah, we also on the last podcast, we talked about detox. I'm not going to go into that today because um, we kind of talked about it at length last time. But if you do or if you are using conventional drugs, you know, you might want to look into how how you can kind of detox your dog while they're on them. Um, help the liver filter out these toxins and, and make sure, you know, we're keeping our dogs as healthy as possible. So, Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news. And find local retailers and shop online at girlsgonerawpet.com. In conclusion, the best things that you can do, what I believe you can do for flea and tick prevention, and what I do myself, is I feed a fresh whole food diet. I feed all my dogs are obviously on a, a raw food, fresh food diet. I, you know, eliminate as much processed food as possible. Okay, so if you can't do overall, totally fine. You know, use the best kibble you can afford and try to get as much real fresh food um, in there. You know, I even say just a quarter raw food in a dog's diet can have a huge impact. That'd be my number one suggestion. Start some natural flea and tick preventative early, like as in right now. Um, obviously, it depends on what region you're in, but if you're in the United States, it's pretty safe to assume that now would be a good time to start using it. So. Oh, there's another product I have not used. Uh, I'll put the link in the podcast. It's called, I think it's Wildly Blended. 
um, bug off um, that I've I have not used myself. I'll admit, but I've I know a lot of people that have used it with a lot of success. So, but we so we have started natural. So we've started the powder, the earth animal powder already. Get them on there, um, making sure that they're admitting that odor that fleas and ticks don't like. Again, we don't smell it, so don't worry about that. Soaking your dog is another good one. You know, every now and then, especially for um, keep the pollen off of them this time of year. I don't like to do too many baths, but um, I do do some soaks, if you will, just to make sure. I mean, June right now, she just she just finds any mud puddle or whatever she can get into. So she's getting a lot of rinses lately. But soaking your dog can just drown fleas once. So that's a, that's a really good one. Just kind of keep them clean. Uh, again, I talked about the flea comb, just a, kind of a mechanical way to keep fleas off of them um, or find them. Um, also, another mechanical way is the diametaceous earth, which we didn't really talk about, but that can be um, earth animal has a good product. I think it's silica. It's not. It's like a replica of diametaceous earth, but there's multiple area, um, places that you can buy dim, uh, food grade diametaceous earth to use on them, and it works mechanically. It, like it works on a microscopic level to cut the fleas um, up if they have them. So another good natural alternative, and then just use safe natural trop, uh, topical not tropical, but topical sprays like, like the wonder side, like the earth animal or for your yard, you know, the, the benefit safe solution. So, um, and then lastly, it's just avoidance. I know it, the weather is getting nice and, um, it's, we want to get our dogs out and about, which is, I encourage that 100%. Just be aware, just be aware of areas, you know, for example, the park that we live across from, you know, they have a big, you know, well, you know, mode field, like soccer fields. Um, and we try to stay in there and then we do go on the trail every now and then, but again, it's a wide trail and we try to stay in the middle. I don't allow my dogs to get too close to like the long grass on either side. The winter, that's why I like hiking in the winter because your dogs can just like trudge through the forest and, and have a grand old time. And even, I don't know, I don't want to say late fall, but sometimes late fall, it's ticks kind of, ticks can kind of rear their ugly heads back up in the fall. So, but when it gets cold enough, it's really nice for your, just to like, let your dog roam around. That's, that's my favorite time of the year for my dogs to, to kind of run free and do their thing. This is kind of a shorter podcast, but I'm trying to, uh, I guess I was trying to keep them short in the first place, but, um, we do have a longer one that we did last year about, uh, flea and tick prevention as well. So that's another one to listen to. Anyways, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.